Press. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And I feel like we haven't hung out in a while. Other, we haven't. Other, well, here. Here. We hung out at the Cars and Coffee. Right. Yes. Day before yesterday. Yeah. But we haven't recorded in a while because we were going to record on Saturday, but then we decided not to because... Well, we had other things going on. We've both been very busy, I think, is what a lot of it was. It is. It is. And I didn't want to... And, and you agreed, or you told me and I agreed that we shouldn't release the podcast yesterday because everybody's doing fun shit. Right. And they wouldn't necessarily listen to the podcast. So here you go. Uncommon Tuesday. Hope you still listen, even though it's on the day that you're not used to. But we'll have the uh, the, the the midweek episode will be on time, right? And we'll be back on schedule. Yeah, this week. no, I I as a person who has a regular day job, realize it's going to feel like a Monday tomorrow for most people when they get back to work. So I think it's right. going to be I think it's going to be kind of status quo here for you. Yeah. And like you mentioned, we were at Cars and Coffee uh, just uh, yesterday, two days ago. So thanks for everyone who stopped by our booth there. That was yeah, really cool that was to great. See everyone. One of the guys uh, uh, stopped by. His name's El Thomas. He gave me a uh, some Ate Super Blue, which is right. still blue. They gave me some contraband. And I also got a belt buckle. So which the is... Super Blue, talk about this. This is brake fluid, right? Yeah. And it was like, it used to be that you could, I mean, it was a blue brake fluid and it was very unique. And what was cool about it is when you bled your brakes, then you knew right away when the new fluid was in. Well, this is only with swap... like, this is only with cars that you just get, right? So when you get a car, mm-hmm. it's got some crappy dot three brake fluid in it and you grab the Ate Super Blue, put it in there and it bleeds brown and garbage until you get to the blue and you're like, wow, this caliper is done. Right. It's so, easy to see exactly when the new fluid comes right, in. But it doesn't really apply after that because it's just blue all the time. No, I, I know guys that swap back and forth. Oh, okay. They'll go to a quality clear fluid and that's then actually, the blue every other time. Yeah, that's a really good idea. You know, but the whole point that this is contraband is for whatever reason, the like DOT or I don't know it's because it it's the same color as washer fluid. So they thought maybe brake fluid would be... It's confused. the wrong color. It'd be confusing for people. I guess. Because brake fluid is just like so water, apparently. There's your government regulation at work, Chris. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah exactly. It's wonderful. <laughs> anyway, so he, you got some of this uh, this blue brake fluid that you can't get anymore. Right. And so I, actually, cool. I actually looked into what you could do to make regular brake fluid blue. That's true. But you, you can't just add coloring. You can't because that's water. Right, you and need you an oil-based color. Yeah, otherwise it, it will boil. Like the water will boil right in there under all the pressure. Yep, it's just and heat. Right, you know, so it's just no good. You can't put anything in there other than brake fluid. It doesn't work. Yeah. I looked into it. Interesting. And there's nothing you can. I'm really sure. Get. I thought maybe there's like a powder that you could put in there. Well, that's what. But I was due to the heat too. and everything that goes on, you just can't. You probably don't want do to mess anything. with that. No, you can't. You can't mess with it. It's no good. Yeah. Um, well, you you also may have seen if you follow us on social media. That we are done with the month of August, which means we are done with the Momo steering, steering wheel. wheel giveaway. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Dave, Dylan Dave, who is an employee over at uh, Blunt Tech, which yes. is a parts company here in Minnesota. They deal mainly with uh, BMW parts and stuff like that. He works there, and he's the one that won. He's putting it in his 2002. I That'll believe. be really cool. That's so a good fit. He's going to look up a part number for the hub, we'll and then we'll, I'll, I'll probably drive the steering wheel down to him. Yeah, because he's a local guy. He's a local dude. So Very cool. Congrats to Dave. Uh, thank you, everyone who participated and left us a review. We are going to uh, start up another contest here. i got a couple things in mind for it. Okay. So we'll announce that coming up soon as well. I thought maybe we could do a contest where someone gets to drive my car, too. Like, I'll take them for a ride in it, or we'll, we'll go do some drifty donuts in the car, or something like that, and have some fun. Maybe somebody that hasn't, you know, been in a 911 or something like that, I thought would be... That's great, except for Sven over in Norway, who's going to win. Are you going to fly him over here? No. Although, you know, here's... <laughs> I had this kind of thing I was thinking about doing with my road trip, is I don't have a passenger out to California. Okay. So I thought maybe I would auction off my passenger seat in my car and give the proceeds to charity if someone wanted to come and do a road trip across the country on back roads only in my 911. Interesting. But what if it's somebody that sucks and I yeah. can't stand them like they're like they're like eating popcorn in my car or something like terrible right. or, or they or Bad they BO. Actually that's you. That would be their complaint towards <laughs> you. <laughs> um, or it would be like someone would drink like have a beverage or a food that I don't like the smell of. And that's what they would. You are a very particular person, so I do think this is a terrible idea. But I also think I I could have a lot of fun with somebody. You know, it's we'll we'll see. I like people that are quiet on road trips too. (laughs) If you are a mute, sign up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you don't talk and uh, or if you're basically a cadaver, I'll bring you with me. (laughs) (laughs) Your ideal road trip partner. But maybe I'll do something like that. With I want to do a trip with the with in the Appalachian Mountains. So maybe I'll do something where I'll auction off the charity event. And do give however much money, sell tickets for twenty bucks, and then if you win, you can come with me, 
And I, I, I think I would like to do that and maybe give the money to charity. I can use some of the chari- charity money to fly the person in. That's what know? I was wondering, too. Yep. Yeah, so it would be like kind of an all-expense so the chari- thing. the charity funds itself, sure. the charity event, and then someone can come and fly with me. And, you know, it could be from They're anybody. They're going to fly with you? Fly to I me know. and maybe fly with me. Um, well, if it's anything like a story we have coming up later, maybe you will be flying over some some hills and some Don't crests. tease stuff that we may not even have time for, Jake. Well, then we'll just get to that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that would be fun. Is just I don't know how much money I could raise. Maybe we could feel. Maybe we could have like a like a, a floor amount. Or if it doesn't reach this much, I don't do it. Then you just but I also do don't want right? to be embarrassed. Like if it doesn't work out and nobody does it, then like nobody wants to hang out with me. Then it's like, yeah, oh, well, know we how, raised seventeen dollars. Worth your yeah. <laughs> being a part of your road trip. But. I don't know, but if I'd never, if I loved Porsche and I hadn't been in like an early nine eleven, I haven't done any road trips, and someone was like, if it was twenty dollars to have a chance to do a cross country road trip in one, yeah, with with me, I think that would be. Fun. I do think that'd be cool. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. I, I kind of want to put something like that together. I'd have to choose a charity and, and do a few other things. So we'll see. Right. Okay. Um, also uh, coming up is this Thursday's history episode. This one was actually requested by one of our listeners. Said, okay. Hey, I, I stumbled upon a couple old, weird electric vehicles that they didn't really know were a thing. And they said, so why don't you do look into the history of electric vehicles in general? And what did I say? You said delve. dig deep. You want, you want, I want this to be one able to, to be pretty intense. When I ask questions, I want to always know the answer. So you have to be ready for all the questions that I have because it's like I have, <laughs> I have so many questions. I, I know want you to know. Do. I just I, I'm like a sponge for knowledge. Like I really want to know everything because that's how I'm right all the time. Is because I kn- <laughs> I I know everything. So uh, oh, do you? Okay, yes. yes, obviously. And if yeah, I don't, no, I'll make so it up. And I'll, sound I'll try to uh, I'll try to dig really deep into that and yeah. get some. But there already is some really cool stuff I'm finding. Yeah, I'd like to know about like the personalities of of the people that did this stuff. Kind of like where they came from. Maybe the history of you know why are these people designing these cars? What kind yeah. of motivated you know Joey or whatever his name is to build like his electric car? Why is he doing it? You know when I did the the three part series on the Dale the car, Dale, yeah. that could have easily been like a one episode thing. Right. But I really wanted to get into the personality of Dale and find out who he was. Yeah. And, and how that happens. So that's what I really want to want to get into is the actual personality and the stories behind, you know, some of these cars and corporations and stuff like that. Because that's that's what interests me is the is the the personal. It, uh, yeah, it is really the it. story behind it and right. the people. Right. So yeah, we'll do that. That'll be really interesting. Um, so also, before before we get let's let's do uh, let's do one of our ads before we get into what what else is going on. Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about Luther Westside Volkswagen. These guys are great sponsors. They actually are the number one Volkswagen dealer in the entire country, and they of course have the largest selection of Volkswagens and other used European cars right here in the Twin Cities. I'm actually going to be going. My my grandpa bought a uh, Tiguan there, and we're going to be taking that and trading it in and getting something else. So. Your grandpa had a Tiguan from that? He has a Tiguan from there, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's got a, he traded a Lexus for a, well, he wanted like a really nice car. You know, he's getting old, so he wanted right. a car, like his ideal car that he would drive for the rest of his life is what he wanted. So I got like, I got him a new E-Class, like a really new E-Class. It was like okay. forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 car or whatever, okay. but it was just a little too complicated, I think. Oh. It had a nice car. He liked the way it drove, but it was too low. He had to get sure. down into the car. Okay. And, uh. Had just too many things that would bother him, like just all the buttons and everything. He's just like, it's just too much. I just want to drive. Blame him. Yeah. It's like I just want to drive. Like there's this little thing that comes up if you don't stay in your lane or whatever, yep. like attentive awareness or something right. like that. Yep. It has a little picture of a coffee that comes up. It says, take a break. He said, Chris, the thing's always telling me to take a break. What's going <laughs> on? <laughs> You're like, I don't want to like, take a break. So, so they were really nice. They took the car back and uh, let him get something else after a little bit of time, which was, which wasn't without some sort of like a little bit of a penalty. You know, you can't just yeah. drive a car for free, but um, they were really, really gracious about that and really helped. Uh, we got into the Tiguan and he doesn't like the short wheelbase of the Tiguan. Yeah, I is the see problem. That. It's basically a lifted GTI, the T1. Right. So he likes it. He likes the fuel economy, he likes everything else, but he doesn't like the, you know, just the, it's a little bit of a rougher ride. Okay. When compared to the Lexus that he, sedan that he used to have. Right. So we're going to try and find something else. So anyway, that's Westside Volkswagen. They're great yeah, guys. They I use really them all are time. good guys. Um, say, go and see Helton over there. He's the guy. I've had a couple members, I'm sorry, listeners ask, hey, who's your guy over there? It's Helton. Go see him. Yep. Uh, he'll take really good care of you. And so. like I mentioned, I don't think you really can go wrong with any of those guys. Though. No, not at all. Um, fun fun piece of trivia, Volkswagen. The Tiguan. What, what is the origin of that name? It's probably a wind. Is my guess like some sort of wind or like geographical location or a breeze of some sort? Do you want to know what I actually read about it? What? It's a it's a compound word of tiger iguana. 
Oh, come on. Really? I, that's what I read. Well, I don't know if that's I, true. Like golf. and uh, Yeah, those are all like international wins or... Yeah, like trade wins or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Now I got to look this up because I think it's really stupid. Tiguan? Yes. Oh, well, that's a terrible name to begin with. You know yes, what's a great name for a vehicle? The Atlas. It's the a name Tiguan name. is a portmanteau of the German words tiger and leguana or iguana in the English language. Leguana? Leguana. Leguan. <laughs> it's actually leguan in German. So anyway, um, um, Westside Volkswagen, great dudes over there. Help, yeah. Uh, go see them. So the uh, 996 Sega is almost coming to a close. Sega. Saga. Saga. Yeah. Sega, Saga. Um, so um, where did I leave off last time with the listeners of where I was with this car? Was it did still I, squeaking? I think it was still squeaking. I found out what the squeak was. So I took the I thought it, I took the belt off when I first yeah. got it, and I thought it was the power steering pump because you could grab the pulley and wiggle it back and forth, and it would go cling, 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 cling. And it definitely sounded like a belt squeak or yeah. like a tensioner. It, yeah, like cling, cling. It made a cling. I mean, it just made the cling sound. Sure. So I'm like, all right, great. Pulled the power steering pump off, which involves taking the alternator out, flopping the air conditioner uh, compressor over to the side, yep. and... <laughs> And then there's so part of the air box. Well, the so entire the, air box. There's a bracket that holds the power steering pump, mm-hmm. and it, the power steering pump comes out the back of the bracket. Okay. So and then so you have this that goes on first, right? And the alternator bolts onto the top of that, and the air conditioning compressor bolts onto that. So it all bolts to this bracket. Sure. So to get the power steering pump out, you have to take all that other stuff out, and then right. pull the bracket out, and then pull the power steering pump out the back. It was crappy. Yeah, it's no small job. And what I. Uh, didn't know is how many vacuum lines there are on this car. There are a so lot. I'm like yanking this shit around, like pulling the alternator, moving it with a pry bar, trying to get this <laughs> stupid thing out of here. And I'm basically, what I don't know is behind the alternator, there's a little vacuum reservoir yep. that has uh, like a little PCV va- or a little valve, yep. like a little check valve and like a little, um, it's basically a switch that lets air Yep, exactly. It's hooked up to a little electric switch. And then there's another one that goes back to a resonator tube or something like that on the back of the motor. Yep, I didn't know I didn't up. know any of this. Yep. So I put the thing back together. Not only does it still squeak, but it runs like holy hell. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it backfiring into the oh, intake man. manifold. I'm like, okay, it still squeaks, and now it runs like shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? So um I and I'm like, I'm gonna figure out what the squeak is first, so this thing's barely running. And so I take the belt off, okay. start the car up, still, still squeaks. squeaks. I'm like, are you kidding me? So what is it? What is it? Is it like some sort of hydraulic tensioner? Right. Is it an exhaust leak? Is it a loose spark plug? Because I've had weird noises from loose spark plugs before. Never heard of that. And um, it's funny is that I was I was talking to my buddies. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the problem is. In my head, I was thinking maybe it's a loose spark plug. My buddy goes, maybe it's a loose spark plug. Like, I don't know if it's like a Volkswagen thing or what, yeah, but I've had a loose spark plug before, and they make weird sounds as the compression leaks past yeah. the threads of the loose spark plug. So I pull the wheel off, and I pull the coil because pack cover off. to get to the spark plugs, you have to pull the wheels off. Yeah. Well, you don't have to, but I imagine it's, it's a lot easier. easier. Yeah. And uh, first of all, it has a stupid wheel key on it, which I just hate. Oh. Who's going to steal stock Porsche wheels? Well, funny you should say that. I got a text <laughs> from my buddy that I shared with Chris. He, uh, he lives in a suburb of Minneapolis, and he wakes up. He said his neighbor woke up to his car up on blocks, and he sent me a picture of it. It's a, it's a newer Ford Focus, and then he texts me. He goes, I I guess someone really wanted factory focus wheels. Well, I know I do. Yeah. So <laughs> you're joking that someone's going to steal your, your stock Porsche wheels. I would much <laughs> rather steal those than factory uh, focus wheels. Where does I don't live in the ghetto, though. So no one's stealing my. I didn't think he lived in the ghetto. No, no. He's going to listen to this on uh, Monday and or tomorrow, actually, Tuesday. And he's going to be like, no, I don't live in the ghetto. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, it's a pain in the butt. Take the wheels off. Get the coil pack out. And I take, a, I take a magnet, the little, like, extended magnet, and I put it on the end of the spark plug and wiggle it. Sure enough, loose spark plug. Tighten it back up, put it back on. Thing runs like holy hell, but, but it doesn't no squeak. squeak. That's so crazy. Which makes me so angry because I could have just oh yeah, just tightened that up. And I, here's the thing. The power steering pump needed to be replaced. Okay. It was it was garbage. It was probably going to die at some point. Yeah. It was it had been leaking because on the top of the motor there was, oh. a, there was some power steering fluid. Sure. So it and needed that to be done. Very corrosive too. Is it? Yes. Yeah, I cleaned it all off. Good. I mean, I had lots of brake cleaner and scrubbing and, and got it, you know, all taken care of. Maybe I'm thinking of brake fluid. I, I think you're thinking brake fluid is, is yeah, brake fluid's nasty. Right. I, I thought maybe you're right because it's that CHE twenty three or CHE thirty. Well, it's not great. It's oil. It's nasty. I wouldn't. I and wouldn't there was all kinds of like 
pine needles and leaves and stuff. I'm like, how does all this shit get in behind here? So then, so the thing still <laughs> runs like crap. I uh, so then I, I had to rebuild all the vacuum lines. There are all these little plastic vacuum lines that are brittle. So I went to the store, bought like some T fittings and stuff like that, and redid all that, and drove it down to SCI to hang out. I don't remember what I did, but I was I did something where. What were we working on? I don't remember, but we ended up we had to redo that because we broke some more lines oh, as geez. I was screwing around with it. I, but anyway, I so rebuilt, it's, all, it's all figured out. Yeah, I went through the same thing when I rebuilt the top end of my 996. Is all those vacuum lines are so brittle over the years. And they're, the routing it took me forever to figure out the routing when I took off the entire intake manifold and everything else. They all have to specifically go their certain right, way yeah, and yeah. not be kinked and everything else. So it's a pain. So, I really enjoy our old... <laughs> just air cooled, do you carbureted? Do cars. you really? Yeah, I do. do you really? I do because I have this little message chat that I got from you the other day. What does it say? It says, um, What does it say? I'm sad about my car, it's ugly, it's slow, <laughs> it doesn't run right, it's too low. I haven't dialed in the lean spot, need to get my wide bend in there, need my wheels. It's just, it's like literally 15 minutes of you whining and bitching about your car. It was pathetic. Yeah. No, it I, was, I it was absolutely sad. Um, I drove it today. It rolled like crap. I put it in air correctors. It should be richer, but it's not enough. Blah, blah, blah. Who like how you're just reading through our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, uh, what did I say? I said, uh, sell it and get a Lotus Exige with the license plate Lotus. And he said, yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> I said, it'll be fast, comfortable, and do everything you want it to do. But you will look like a douche. He says, I will look cool. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it would be, you, I would be embarrassed to be seen in that. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I talk about, you know, vintage cars aren't easy, whatever. Right. Like, I've put time into old cars before. I said, a Lotus is like getting a mail order bride. She's hot, performs, but it's not love. <laughs> I suppose that's it's, an interesting analogy. It's exactly what it is because you don't. <laughs> if you get a new car like that, you're not you you're not going to build a relationship with that car. Right. You will never. I mean, you're going to have to wait a long time and have a lot of experiences with that car to be able to have the same sort of relationship you can have with something that's vintage. No, I know. You, you just it's not there. And I also I think I compared the a Lotus Exige is the 55 millimeter watch of the car world. <laughs> it's like a. It is a I mean, fad or like a... It's not a fad. It's, it's, I want to be seen, look oh. at me in this car, which is exactly what a 55 millimeter watch is because yeah. you have to you have to pull your arm out at its, it's full like length. clock. What time is it? I don't know. Let me stretch my arm all the way out so I can see the entirety of the watch of my face. And you're walking around like swinging it back and forth with the extra <laughs> inertia that it provides. And everybody's looking at you like, oh, I can see what time it is from across the parking lot whereas Jake has his lowest exige and his 55 millimeter watch. Don't do it. You will regret it. I know. Don't sell the car. It's just, I don't know. You said, I would feel less embarrassed about my siege than a raggedy old Porsche that is slow and riding on the bump spops. (laughs) I think I was very salty that afternoon. You were. I basically, I said... You are being 10 out of 10 whiny about this car. So yeah. it's. Uh, well, in my defense, you whine a lot too. So I didn't feel that guilty whining to you. I do. N- no doubt about it. Um, but the thing is, is, I don't like. I feel like you're almost. You look at my car, which right. is like done. Yeah, it's the expectations. It's and managing it's just, expectations. Your car is so far removed from my car right I know. now. And that's but, what it is. But it's taken six years. Right. For me to get here, slow, slow, slow work. I know. And and a lot of time and effort and money and broken shit and blood and sweat. And it's, and that's, but all of that, as hard as it was, is why my car is so special to me now. Right. You and have just, that connection. Just take the time. I am. Fix the shit. I am. You know, why don't you tell, tell everybody a little bit about the race that we had? <laughs> The it other. wasn't. I think we already talked about this. <laughs> no, we no, didn't. We no, didn't. we didn't. Oh, okay. We for sure didn't. We were driving up to your house um, a couple weeks ago, and we were at a stoplight, and you pull over to the other lane, and so we're at the stoplight. We're both there, and I was like, "All right, we'll we'll just uh, we'll see how this plays out." You know, it's gonna be. It was obviously we were both gonna give a drag drag race. Oh yeah, you were like you, you had your revs up here. Like, yeah, you uh, were ready. Oh, the light I was, was ready. like thirty seconds long. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay. I was just sitting there revving, and I, I had to laugh because there's cars behind us, too, and I saw one guy. I mean, let's be honest. They're they're basically matching old air-cooled Porsches in very loud colors with very loud exhaust. And so a guy behind me, like, pulls out his phone, and I can see him recording. <laughs> I wish we could get a hold of that guy. I know. Damn. Because, so, like, light goes green, drop the clutch, 
and we pulled a little bit of tire spin. Like it was a good launch, actually, but you were just gone. <laughs> I mean, it was. I wondered if you killed the car. Really? I, I thought. Well, what happened? Did he no, miss shift? Or that, did it? No, did it pop I didn't miss shift. That was that was it. That was that was as good as it got. So I understand. So you're like, were you? What happened? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that was it. I don't know. And then we were thinking. So. I literally have. You're, you have literally twice the horsepower. Almost, yeah, almost twice the horsepower that. So you So when do. you look at it that way, I don't feel so bad, right? But just chill out, please. Just relax, settle down. I'm gonna put nitrous on it. Don't. <laughs> no, don't be such a. Don't be that. Don't be needy. Just wait and be patient for it. LS I, swap. I, I, like even when we're done with the podcast, you're like walking in circles, like back and forth and around, and I'm just like, dude, chill out. Just wait. As, as, impa- as impatient as I am, mm-hmm. you are in some ways way more impatient than me. That's like, very it's, true. It's it's it's, it's strange. Scenarios. It's a different way right. of impatience. But I think that you just need to relax and just wait and just work on the car. I mean, you got to fix the doors. And then fix the angle iron on the floors, <laughs> and then get your wheels. It's quite handy having the angle iron there. It is, but it looks dumb. Yeah. So fix that stuff. Get your wheels. Raise it up, and then just. You I'm know. waiting on my wheels. You need what you need to do is you need to pull that motor out. Uh-huh. Someone wants that motor. Uh-huh. You know, it's it got this many miles on since new factory crate engine from Porsche. Sell that thing for ten thousand dollars. You know, or eight thousand dollars, whatever it's worth. Buy like a. Th- it's not the. It's not numbers matching. Right. No. I know. Fucking down the road that thing, man. You don't down need it. Down the road that thing. <laughs> Seriously, what do you need that engine for? It's garbage. It'll never be fast. It's not. I shouldn't say it's garbage, but you don't need it. The car's already a hot rod. It doesn't match. Get rid of it. Get uh-huh. like a three six or a three two, or just get a get a three two out of a Carrera. Yeah. And just and it just it bolted in. Connect two wires and have fun. <laughs> there's there's no reason for you it's to that even. Simple. That's why I'm like he's putting exhaust on it. He's putting carburetor. He's doing something with the carburetors and the. I'm like, why are you wasting your time? Don't do, don't do anything. Just down the road that motor, put a new motor in it over the over this. You've you've got the the. Just do it. What are you waiting for? Jeez. If you're that impatient, just buy the engine. We can find one. Let's just do it. Yeah, it's not gonna be. It'll be worth more money. That's the thing is, it's everything you do to the car from here on out. It's worth more money. So who it's cares? Just do it. Just take the money out of the bank account. It's it's literally like taking <laughs> fifteen thousand dollars and putting it in the glove compartment, and driving around. <laughs> Which seems like a terrible <laughs> idea, Chris. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> but it's but it's bolted to the car. Okay, yeah, a so little easier to <laughs> harder to steal. Right. So okay. I mean, I just that's you know. You were on such a tangent. I, who cares? The, whatever. This whole podcast is a tangent. It's 57 episodes of tangents. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just stop whining. I, I was upset with you. I, thought, I, I, I can tell. Yeah. I was like, dude, what is your problem? I showed Jess. I'm, I'm like in bed. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? Is he bipolar or something? It was like that. It was that whiny. I was like, dude, come on. No. I and did even a- when we were at Cars and Coffee, we looked like a 997 that was red. And, and it was lowered on wheels. Stuff like yeah. that. So I'm like, you could sell your car and buy like two of these or at least one of these. And I was and like, like oh, yeah, I really could. I'm like, this thing will be worth like 30% less next year. Right. So, I mean, it's not about what the money investment is, obviously. But if you bought a Lotus Exige, I almost guarantee you within two years you will have sold it and moved on to something else. Well, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Don't does does your bride like the car? She does like it now. Okay, so she enjoys being with you in the car. Right. Okay. We had a really fun time this weekend going up north to my parents' cabin. We took that car. We took the dog too, which was really funny. We folded the seats flat and back, and the dog just laid in the back seat. That's awesome. It was really fun. That's it was great. A, it was a great little venture. Uh, even like there was a dirt road going to my parents. We are cabin. literally going to get to zero news. Well, uh, at this w- point, do you want to skip this? No, okay. I, I like this better than news, and so yeah. does everybody else. Okay, yeah. So I was like, I even was going to have Nikki get out of the car, and, like, because there's a cool like S bend in this gravel road up to my parents' cabin, and I was going to like do a little rally, full you know, full yeah, ass yeah. out around the corner until I'm like speeding up to it, and I just hear <laughs> <laughs> the car was so low, and the road had a little crown to it how much lower are you than me because uh, i gave you my measurement of my fenders are you it's like really close is it's it? actually really close okay yeah um but it was so i like got out because i turned the car off as soon as it bottomed out because i was just picturing that the oil pan like tore off the engine which 
doesn't happen because it's just no. a case bolted together. But and so I got on there and I was like, oh no, it was just the floor pan scraped a little bit. That was yep. fine. I told my dad, I was like, I, I graded your road on the way in a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's want, much more level. Do you want my cookie cutters or not? This, okay. Yes or no? Sure. Okay. I'm, I've said this is my PayPal account. And I sent you money, yeah, and then this, you returned it I because know, I couldn't have them. But now you can because I, I've actually... This is actually, the first you're telling me now. I actually bought wheels. I know you did. So You just want to talk about your wheels now. Oh, we could. So And everything else that's <laughs> going on with the car. <laughs> what is going on? So I, um, I sold the Yugo, which also... Yeah, yeah I sold the Yugo. Great. <laughs> it, it, everybody knows it was on the Instagram, so I... Yeah. I... I it's gone. Not everyone, but yeah. Well, so yeah. So the Yugo's gone. You sold um, the Yugo. Did you make what you yeah, wanted? Yeah, I sold. Uh, I sold it for, no. Well, sort of. I put it on um, Craigslist and and Facebook and stuff for twenty seven fifty. Oh and wow! All I got was trolls. Everybody's like, I want to come drive it. I want to come see it. I'll be there tomorrow. There's like four or five people. I'll be there on Sunday. Nobody showed up. Great. So I'm just like, what's going on? Why won't anybody show up? So I know one of my one of my buddies had offered me twenty one hundred for it. Okay. And I was like, I'm like, I can't sell it for that yet. I got to see what's going on with these other people that are interested in the car. Yeah, at least and, not right and away. And they all flake. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done. This guy wants it. He's my buddy, Adam. And uh, my friend, Jason Larson, actually hopped in the car, drove it out to Sheboygan, basically, oh, wow. and dropped it off there and then flew home. Oh, so wow. So he delivered the car for him and, you know, whatever. So it's bye-bye. No more you go. So you sent me a picture of the yugo parked in his garage he yeah. has like some cool cars he does so this he, is part of his collection yeah so he's also got a bunch of early 911s too yeah so he's he's got an eclectic collection i'd actually like to have him on the podcast someday because he's got some cool stuff and he's a really fun energetic guy and i and i uh i told him that he's like yeah i for what he's like <laughs> just like why which is kind of funny so that's that's not who I expected to buy the Yugo, but I'm glad it went to someone like him. Who, yeah, like, it's cool. He's, dude, he's so excited. He's like, I'm going to put on a seersucker suit, drive it to work, and park <laughs> it in my boss's parking spot. <laughs> Which is, awesome. and just leave it there. So Perfect. it's going to be there. It's going to be in his boss's parking spot when his boss gets back from vacation or some shit. Okay. <laughs> Which is, I don't know, it's That's just awesome. funny. It's just funny. So yeah. he's all super jazzed about it. He's like, yeah, it's awesome. I'm going to pull all the dents out, put some Recaros in it. So he's, he's as excited about it as I was. Right. But I needed it because i i sold it um because i just had too much else going on really well a 996 showed up in your driveway yeah 996 too. showed up and i also had bought why did i buy the what money showed up that i bought the flares because i bought flares for the car which everybody knows right no we haven't talked about that oh god okay so <laughs> <laughs> i bought flares for the car so I got I got so, so super for tired. The of, car, your your the blue the blue nine eleven. Yep, your your air cooled nine eleven. You it's a, a narrow body car they call them, and so you got slab RS, side narrow body yeah. RS flares for the rear fenders, like, which are basically from like a seventy three RS. So they're yeah. period period correct. Um, it's the same width as a nine eleven SC, but the flare shape is actually different. Yeah. So if you actually look at the lip of the fender, it's it's got like a little bit more of an organic. I feel like it's a more beautiful we flare. We did talk about this because I was joking. It's like a, a GMO approved whatever flare. You sure. Should, you kept using the word organic. Yes. Yeah, it's a more organic look. Anyway, so we got the flares and I'm like, I finally was with, with all the wheel stuff that was going on. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm putting flares on the car so I can buy whatever wheels I want. Oh, right. You were frustrated about that. Yep. So I sold the Yugo. And I dropped the car off at Lemetri's Collision down in Chanhassen or something. It's right okay. next to the Motorplex. And they're going to be doing flares on the car. And I bought wheels. So I bought seven and eight Fuchs. Which, which you are the guy that has always sworn off Fuchs that you didn't like them on these cars. It, it was a stopgap. I'm like, I need wheels now because I need to be able to drive the car to check it out Chicago. Hey, you should come with. Okay. There's a show in Chicago. Um, you should drive your car. This down. is what happens when we don't talk except for on the podcast. You're like, oh, by the way, you should do this. Um, so we'll be going down to that show, and uh, I just I needed to make sure I had wheels. I needed yeah. wheels. I think I'm gonna probably end up with. Um, thought about widening some cookie cutters. That would have been cool. But I don't. So the guy wants a thousand dollars to widen two wheels, which is, and you need four wheels to do it. So really, it's like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars to widen what you mean. the wheels. And it's and it's kind of weird the way they do it because it's like the cookie cutter is a step lip. Yeah. So it goes, it's flat on the outside lip, and then it goes in a little bit, and then it diagonals up at a forty-five degree angle. Okay. And then meets the face of the wheel. And what they do is they cut the cookie part out, and they basically slide it back a little bit. Uh huh. I think. Then why do I they think. need an extra set? And I think they they probably weld the band in there too to help from widen because that's the what, other set. That's what actually widens it from the other wheel. Yeah, from the other wheels. Right. But the problem is, it's like it's like flat lip, 
in a little bit, step lip, and then it goes in a little bit again. So there's like another flat lip before the face of the cookie. I'd have to see it. it I don't think it'd look that weird. I sent you a picture. It's that yeah, blue I didn't, one. I didn't think it looked it's, that I weird. Don't, I don't like it. It looks weird. So I don't know. Um, uh, Jason from Rotor Forum messaged me. He's like, call me. We'll figure this out. And I was like, I, I'm not ready right now. He's like, we'll make something custom for you, whatever you want. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I can get like a custom cookie cutter or something. I don't know. Uh, but I also thought about three getting... Three-piece cookie cutter? Nah, I, w- I would cool. not do a three-piece wheel on the car. It'd have to be a hidden bolts. Yeah. Otherwise, it's too gaudy. And, but I've also thought about getting the Outlaw 003s again. Okay. But in a silver and in a 7 and 8. Yeah. Which would be really that cool. That might look good. Yeah. That might look great, too. So anyway, that's, that's where... So that car is off getting... So I just have all these things going on. I feel like I'm swimming in just car stuff right now. It's just too, it's almost too much. Yeah. Well, this is your life. I know. Well, I guess it is. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just, and then I was just at, I don't, boy, I don't know where, how we want to, all the stuff we got to talk about. I don't know where we want to go with this, but and I, so I was just in road America doing right. stuff there. So I want this. I want to hear about this because okay. I haven't talked to you at all about this. So you were out at road America last week for a Porsche event. Yeah. Well, sort. well, no, it was the, it was sort of, it was a David Murray track day. Okay. And for track days, I've only been to like PCA events. Right. Where it's like, okay, this class goes out at 2 PM. This class goes out at 4 PM. It's kind of neat. This David Murray track day thing. It's like, the track is just open all day. Do we know who David Murray is? He's an old race car driver. Okay. Um, he's a pretty good driver, too. I mean, he won he won some stuff. So basically what it is is you go there, you set up um, your little thing, and you can just go out on track whenever you want. Oh, really? You just drive out on track, lap for a while, come back in, That's really hang cool. out. So the, basically the track is open for like 10 hours yeah. for you to just play around. That's really it's cool. It's awesome. And Road so, America is an awesome track. Road America is a killer track. It's... Uh, We've we've talked all about yes, that, we so have. I don't need to need to get into that. But I really like Road America anyway. So there's tons of Porsche. Like David Murray's track event is just, just like a plethora of Porsches. They're just everywhere. Nine nine one, nine nine seven, mainly, and then Caymans. Okay, and, and all like Cups and GT4 Cup. Wow, Caymans and GT3 Cup cars and all this other stuff. It was awesome. Anyway, so probably like a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, Porsche Panorama called me like, Hey, do you want to go do? Now, I have to be careful a little bit because I have to write an article about this. Right. And it's going to be in Porsche Panorama. So if you really want to read it and find out the details and see the photos, um, I didn't do the photography, but I'm writing. And I have some of the, I guess I have some of the photos as well. But um, you'll, you'll have to sign up for the PCA club to get the magazine yep. and really find out the whole story. So I'm going to kind of do like a bird's an overview. eye an sure. overview because I don't want to ruin no, it. No, yeah, I just wanted to hear about like what you were doing out yeah, there. Yeah, so I basically I was. they called me like, hey, do you want to go do – a comparison between um, the brand new 911 GT2 RS, which is the 700 horsepower monster. It's like the right. sharpest stick in the bag for Porsche <laughs> that's ever existed, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, definitely is 700 horsepower PDK. Turbo, this was a, tur- rear wheel drive. Yep. It's a three, super it's light. A 3.8. It's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's not light. super light, but it's light compared to like a, a, a turbo. In, in context, right? it's, it's light. You know, a lot of carbon fiber and stuff like right. that. Um, it was the Wysock package too, which I don't I even know. What, I don't that. even know what that means. I, I haven't either. looked into it, but it it's, had a, it's much more expensive. I think you get um, magnesium wheels and a okay. carbon fiber steering wheel, which he didn't have yet. Porsche owed him that stuff. Oh, Needed, weird. Yeah, it wasn't okay. on the car, so Porsche apparently had to send it to him. Excuse me. And uh, they wanted to do a comparison between that mm-hmm. and a 991 GT3 Cup car. Oh wow! So it's basically a the race car. It's the race car. Which has 420 to 450 horsepower somewhere, yep. but it's track set up with slicks yep. Yep. against the street car, which is 700 horsepower, uh, GT2 RS, and they brought it to Road America. Is like if this GT2 RS can beat the Cup car anywhere with extra 250 horsepower, it's going to be here. here on this track that has three really long straights. Yep. Um, and I think the car was hitting about 170, 180 miles an hour wow. at the braking zone. Now, at the, did you drive both of those cars? I did not drive the GT3 Cup because I basically didn't want to buy insurance okay. to, to, to do it. And Porsche wasn't willing to spring for it would have cost Porsche f- to insure me to do it probably like $2,500 for the day. Okay. Which is like. It's a lot. For it's just a lot. The, and the, the, why do that when you have professional race car driver Brian Sellers doing the track time stuff for us? <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he drives for Lamborghini now in the IMSA series. And uh, he was a really nice guy. So they just had him drive the cars on track. Sure. Um, so they basically were going to tr- try and see which one was faster. And if you want to find that out, 
You're gonna you have to subscribe. You're gonna have to subscribe. You're gonna have to yep. read it and, and the whole story. Which so is, did you do a ride along in the cup car? I did not because it only has one seat. Oh right, right. So I aren't a thing in a cup car. <laughs> no, 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 not so much. Um, but it was interesting because I was—I'll uh, skip ahead in the story a little bit. But yeah. I was out with uh, Mark White, who owns Acumote. He was actually on the podcast way back when. So if you want to hear hear that, Mark White was on the podcast on a one-on-one oh, last yeah. December over Christmas. He was sure. he was on the podcast. So he took me out in his Cuban Missile, which is uh, Cuban Missile, the Cuban Missile, which is it's a it's a basically an '87 Carrera with a crazy livery on it. It's all set up like full okay. cage, E class car, um, basically you know PCA race PCA race car, but it's all got a great livery on it that looks like a, a cigar box. Basically. Okay, it's hence it, the name. Yeah, hence the name. It, it, there's some pictures of it on my Instagrams and stuff if you want to see it. But we I, I went out with him, grabbed my helmet, and hopped in with, and we went out your new helmet. I did not buy. I borrowed a helmet oh, from okay. from Adam Stone. He, it's it's actually get back to him now. I put it in the Yugo before it went back to him. Oh, funny, yeah. So so I uh, rode with him, and we were in turn like six. I think okay. we were at turn six, and we went around, and I, I saw him like you know go like this to have a guy pass, and that yep. that cup car passed us. Oh man, like it was like holy fuck <laughs> the thing was just on it man it was so loud and just so final in the way that it passed us so concisely wow um, and you're not in any slow car well this, this you gotta keep in mind this is car. okay so you have to there's a minimum weight for pca oh okay? so it's okay. a minimum weight of 2880 i think okay which is really heavy for an old carrera yeah, it is. Especially it? a race car. So they have to put a bunch of lead weights in it. So it's basically mm-hmm. a stock engine with a bunch of weight added. Interesting. So it's quick. I mean, it, yeah. f- it doesn't, it didn't feel slow. I'll say that. Right. Um, and man, Mark uses all of the track. Yeah. And we went around turn two. I mean, we were way, maybe turn three, we yeah. were way over and going across the rumble strips because there's some pavement on the <laughs> other side of the rumble strip. And so, yeah, he I'm uses like, it. I'm like, that's it. There, Here comes the wall. Yeah. Like I, but, but nope, he just crossed over the rumble strips and just used all of the track. Wow. And I didn't realize that it was not a mistake until, obviously, why would it be a mistake? It's Mark. He's a great driver. Right. But, but we went after lap like four, it was the same exact spot every same line. single time. Yep. I was like, wow, this guy's using all of the track, which was which was really really cool. So um, yeah, so that's why I was there. I ended up driving the. I didn't get a lot of time in the GT2 RS, but I was able to drive it on public roads. Okay, I was curious if you were driving it on track or out <laughs> on, around on public roads. Yeah, it was it was a, it's a phenomenal car. It, well, the first impression when I got in and started driving it is how dense it felt. Okay, it just in like, what way? Um, well, it just felt very obviously. It felt solid. I mean, that seems cliche to say. Yeah. But the the whole car felt like you were just swinging a really big hammer. Okay. <laughs> okay. But with a carbon fiber handle. There you, you know go. what I mean. That so, seems appropriate. I like that. So it just feels like a really well balanced. So have you ever had like a framing hammer in your hand? Yeah. Like a really nice framing hammer. Right. They feel really really good, and you can swing and you can hit a nail. And you can drive that and nail in with one shot. It's precise, yep. and you can. There's a lot of power there, and you can just drive the nail all the way in. But if you miss, you're gonna bust your thumb up pretty fucking bad, <laughs> right? So it's like this. Yeah, it's I this like well. Analogy. It's this well-engineered machine that is very. So I thought when I got in it, and I, when I got on the gas, it was gonna be terrifying, right? right? Seven hundred horsepower on these huge. I don't know what size the tires are, like three forty-five or something. They're huge. They're twenty-one inch wheels, yeah, and they're wide. And there's a rear wing, which has got some downforce on it, and front splitter's got some downforce on it. Yep. Front, front, front splitter actually bigger than the GT3 Cup. Interesting. So there's there's potential for more downforce on the GT2 RS than there was. Yeah. But the wing was set flat on the GT2 RS from the factory. Okay. They didn't touch anything, so it was, yeah. it was flat, so there wasn't a whole lot of downforce there. But it just it didn't feel scary. Uh, yeah. The entire time you're driving the car, you get in, you're driving around town at low speeds. The whole thing is just like, even at low speeds around the town, it wants, it's just, it's like, just do it. It's the car's like, do it, do it, do it, do it, just do it, downshift, do it. I mean, it just wants it so bad. It's just, it's ready. You can just tell by the way it sounds and the way that it's shifting. It's just, it's ready for it. And then when you hit the gas, it is done it is over we, it was like a 50 to 120 mile 120 mile an hour pull is like five seconds forced. wow i mean it is it is there yeah it was there and the, the guy that was riding the passenger seat with me 
it was just like he was waving his hand forward as I was on the gas, just like keep going, just keep, keep going, going, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> and finally, he was still doing it when I <laughs> when you finally when I finally <laughs> when I was like I'm gonna hit the brakes and the brakes are just insane. It's just it's like I can imagine it's just, like throwing an anchor with a chain out of the window and having yep. it drag on the ground behind you. <laughs> just stop. you know, it's just crazy. You ever been in a boat and chuck the anchor over while you're moving? No, <laughs> I have not. That's what it's like. <laughs> have you? Uh, no, but okay. but I've seen it on the internet. <laughs> I've seen it on the internet. That's what. It, that's basically what it's like. So but is that uh, the PDK, the paddle shift? The PDK, yeah. Okay. And it was. I mean, the PDK is just as good as it always was. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's really really good. It's really hard to like improve the shift time. It's really about improving how it, you know, how the software of it works. Interesting. And okay. how you, how you interface with the PDK. Back in the day, the Caymans and stuff like that had like a thumb button on the steering wheel. Right. Where you could, you know, you're at, you're at uh, what is it, nine and three on the steering wheel. Yep. And, and next your to your thumbs, there's buttons that say minus on your left hand, plus on your right hand. And you can right. actually, you can push them both ways. They go through the steering wheel and you can go, oh, interesting. you can go towards you with your fingers or you can push them with your thumb. And it was really bad design. Yeah. Because you would bump it with your hand, you know, whatever, and it would shift. But this is Excuse actual me. paddle shifts now. It's actually paddle. Sh- well, most of them, I think, are. So yeah. how you interface with it is really, really good. Yeah. So, no, I, that makes sense. Car was amazing. Street value of like five hundred thousand dollars now. Jeez. So it was a it was a true honor to be able to be one of the few people that will ever drive that car. No kidding. So I was I was I felt that was really really special. And I, of course I want to thank Porsche for you know sending me out there to do that because that was it was really really a, a unique opportunity. I, I really appreciate it. it. Was really a good time. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I'm sad I didn't. I, I think they they had a video team too. Okay. So I might actually be in the film because they interviewed me about the car and stuff like that. But the uh, um, <laughs> they had a film crew, a photographer, and me. Sure. So I was able to really focus on what was going on. I have like a notebook full of just like this was this, this was that, and yeah. I'm not I'm not even going to give the gist of how I'm going to attack the story, which okay. I think people, if they know me, will know it's a real experiential piece yep. about what it was like yeah, to be there. That's what we like about your writing. Um, so that's it's a little more unique. It's not going to be a dry story about well, this one seconds and turn seven was the, there'll be a little bit of that, right? Just to compare about what happened on track yeah but it's it's going to be a lot more than that so i really encourage everybody if you're not a member of pca and you own a porsche you know panorama is a good good reason to pick it up absolutely it's, uh, you know it's, it's really really good so anyway that's that was my trip that's to awesome. America that you wanted yeah so. maybe we'll we'll take a little break here to talk about south central imports another one of our great sponsors you said take a little break i almost hit stop on the recording no, no. like, well like a break from us talking yeah. to hear about south central imports chris uh they've been in business since 1976 that's a long time we tried to do the math last week and failed horribly <laughs> it's a long time they are an exclusive volkswagen audi shop so they know those cars inside and out they know everything in the volkswagen audi group lineup they're also an authorized revo software dealer you can go there to get your car chipped chris still hasn't had his tdi chipped which would make it like I a know. torque monster of 400 foot pounds or something ridiculous that that's what you, i should just have that to tow my boat around who needs a the problem is, is that like that revo doesn't have software for it i've tried oh well i think it's that 2015 one year only oh thing. it's like a weird model yeah okay. i'm out of breath from all this talking yeah, you were getting wound up. Yeah, I've been talking for 42 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only place in my life I get to do this where no one, yeah, yeah it's great. I was uh, going to say where no one interrupts me, but that's probably not true. <laughs> no, I try to interrupt you, too. Uh, anyways, South Central More Imports, they have the, uh, the honesty and integrity. You can trust them when you bring your car to them. You can find them, of course, right on Facebook at SCI Performance. They also have the website is, I believe, SCIPerformance.com. Uh, and also, you can just pick up the phone, 612-722-8897. Chris is taking selfies Yeah, right I saw now. I post pictures of what we look like when we're here. I'm going to take some pictures of you, too. Okay. So Thanks. Hi, Jake. Hi. Um, so what do we want to talk about here? We, we were talking about the insane market of some cars lately. Yeah, this because is one we of had, our stories we wanted to get into. Yeah, we had uh, the, the Monterey Car Week just ended a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago or whatever it was. Yep. And... So there was some really, really high dollar sales, and not just in terms of the Ferrari that sold for forty eight million dollars or forty four million dollars, or yeah, what? new record. A Ferrari GTO sold for forty eight million. So that means it's it's fifty two million with premium, probably over no over fifty idea. million dollars. I think premium is like ten percent. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah so over fifty million dollars, probably, or maybe that have included the premium. But regardless, that's a lot of money for a car. They don't um, they don't usually state the premium on the price. Okay. Well, anyways, because all the premiums vary from auction companies. I don't know There's, anything about that. Okay, now you do. Thanks. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I said you dig into the weirdest things. I know. Uh, okay, so, but what you were going to talk about is something like a 2002 BMW M5 sold for just, um, like, ridiculous numbers. 182, $176,000. That was what the picture was in that post on Instagram or whatever it was, but actually the final sale price was 180 something thousand dollars. Why? Because it had 500 miles on it. That's just dumb. So, what, like, does that mean the next person isn't going to drive it either? Or? No, that car will never get driven. So it's just a museum piece. It is. And here's the deal. I understand not driving that car, but I don't understand the amount of money that it went for. That's it's just cause, so ridiculous. Because it's like the, the gap between what you can get, like, kind of a, a regular run-of-the-mill Right, you, know, you and E39. I could go buy one of those ten or twelve thousand dollars, yes. for a good driving car. Right, this is a hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy thousand dollars more than that. So I have a little bit, tr- a little bit of trouble wrapping my mind around that. And I think what kind of maybe is feeling that is, um, there's a lot of buzz in the collector car market right now. Okay, in terms of, I, I actually, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you talk for a second. And I'm going to pull up an email because I sent a an email over to my buddy at Haggerty who does the a lot of valuation work about this. Okay. What I was going to say about that though, I don't I it's it's hard for me to think of these as collector cars. And I know they are now, 2002, and the other one I wanted to talk about is this 89 Porsche 944 Turbo or 951 in This Porsche one surprises me even more. This thing went for it says sold for $72,000. And this is again something that you could go pick up for maybe I don't know, 10 grand. For a, a 951 now, and even that is expensive. Yeah, I've seen them were. for low as eight. Yeah, but that is even more expensive from when they were five years ago. Okay, or so basically, uh, my my friend Colin Comer, who writes for Road and Track on, and does a lot of valuation, does a lot of auctions. He has uh, Colin Comer's custom custom cars, I think, is the name of his company. But um, I asked him about this. I just said, "What's going on here? Uh, the toilet versions of these cars are ten grand." You know, and they're selling for zillions of dollars. He says, "Yeah, um, there's 5,000 billionaires in the U.S. These numbers are inconsequential to some folks, I guess. Yes, totally crazy, but there's no way you can make a 180,000-mile 944 Turbo into an 8,000-mile one for any amount. So if you're a rich dude and, and you dreamt of one when you weren't or used to have one, pay what it takes. The M5 was silly, too, but the same logic applies. Could never restore it and can't buy a new one. I suppose. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You know, I yeah, mean, it's just you, someone who wants that car as new and they can afford, like you said, it's just peanuts to them. It does. It, the, the money just doesn't matter. So they'll just buy it. You know, there's that's crazy. There's, you get two two guys like that on the same car. Yep. And, and that's how it drives up. The problem is, is that affects the cheaper the value of the cheaper cars right because now ever- someone on the street is going to say oh this one went for 170 so i can sell At mine least for 14 16 oh i was thinking more mine must be worth seventy thousand then well i don't think you're going to see that but I'm, just because the just that thing had 480 miles on it i know it's it's like factory delivery right mileage. i mean like, you open the hood and there's like everything's like zinc plated perfectly and mm-hmm. you know what's sad about that though is all the seals are probably dried up now too yeah, so these cars must be strange, right? I mean, they can't be reliable cars. No. They just become like the the necklace that's hanging on my wife's mirror where she gets ready in the morning. It just right. hangs there and just never... Exactly. It's you in know. your garage. It probably leaks oil. Probably should have bought her a nicer necklace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that means she's not wearing it. <laughs> I think that's a separate topic. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's just it's crazy what some of these cars are going for. But you're right. It's just the very niche market of someone who has that much money, and that's something that they want. Right. It feels almost a little bit like Bitcoin. In a way where it's, I mean, these cars have like actual use, but right. it's like this, the meteoric rise of collector cars has been, yeah. it's, it's like unchecked and just, it's, cra- it's so crazy. It's like an out of control wildfire. There's like, at some point it's going to burn itself out, but when and how badly we just don't know. Yeah. I was going to say the, the usage or the function of those cars is not in proportion to that price level though. Just I, I evidenced by the fact that you can buy a regular daily one for you interesting know, one. I think 1%. though is that is that 944 Turbo because I feel like the front engine water to water cooled cars have been waiting to go up. Yeah, they're undervalued. Um, they're for un- sure. I think they're undervalued. Not like like uh, I, I think the 944s and the V8 cars and stuff like that are the ones that'll come up. I don't think you're gonna see any of the like shitty ones going up anywhere. So well, the only one you missed was like the 924. Is yeah. what you're calling shitty. They there was a 924 Turbo that I could see going up in value just because that was such a kind of strange rare car. They're pretty, they're pretty bad cars. I know they are. I've driven them. The problem is, is that 
the problem for the 944 may have been how bad those cars were. Oh, and they just didn't sell well. And they didn't sell well. And then it was just like, well, it's just another one of those. Yeah. I wonder if that was kind of what the problem was back then. I'm sure it could have been. Yeah. Anyway. So what do you want to talk about now? Well, we're almost out of time, but we can talk about a couple of news stories if you like. We got about 10 minutes. Okay. We can probably go through uh, the first two there and, and call it. Oh, let's, let's talk about the turbo fans. A okay. little bit because so, that's, yeah, we that had a listener, one of our, yeah. uh, listener question that was basically um, that stated, are turbo fans on street cars cool? So what is a turbo fan, real quick? Turbo fan is on, it, they came about basically in the 70s, I think, is where they really became prominent on race cars. And Late it was, 70s, yeah. Yep, yeah, it was basically on the wheel, there was another... Uh, Basically, a hubcap, hubcap, yeah, Yeah. or a big fan that mounted to the wheel that would then, as your wheel is spinning, it would basically act like a fan and pull air out from your hot brakes. So it's a way to cool your brakes and continue that brake cooling. So it's been a fad lately to put these old turbo fans. It started when someone put like original turbo fan race car wheels on a car. They're very expensive. Yes, and so that's cool. That's where it came from. And now people are starting to remanufacture these turbo fans and put them on their street cars and so is that cool is that stupid it's not functional i would say what are, what are you what are we comparing this to because there was like a comparison of like center lock wheels that's so what i just wrote down here i said it, they're as cool as center lock wheels on on street cars i are. disagree completely yeah because center lock wheels give you no benefit whatsoever on a street car you think these turbo fans are going to give you like a benefit that you can actually quantify you have, can you, actually have you ever driven your car to brake fade I guess I have once or twice. If you're really driving your car around till brake fade, yeah. which you can do pretty easily on true, a street car, true. this might actually help you. I would be curious to know if that's true. Like, if, I want to go with a brake into a car into brake fade, see that exact route, how long that took, and then put the fans we on. We don't have to do that. The manufacturers already did that with the race cars and decided, yes, it works. <laughs> it does. It does. It does yeah, work. With that brake it, compound and that caliper and everything else, I don't know if you just throw all these it on is your is about cooling car. off that rotor and cooling off that caliper. That's all it is. It doesn't. That's that's it. It's all about pulling that heat off of there and pulling the heat away from the, the fluid. This is the exact opposite uh, side I think you were going to take on this. I actually think it can. So but here's the thing. Here's the thing. What? You have um, Alex is making some, right? I know. I was going to say shots our fired at our friend Alex here. Yep, so he's actually, uh, I think, maybe doing some stuff with 1552 wheels. Yep. And he's, he's been talking to them. Yep. So if he can make it actually function. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. But there's some companies that I've seen that are putting them on, but they don't really work. Right. I'm, it's got to work. Otherwise, I don't care. You know, I do not care. And the problem is, is that a lot of them are plastic. These no. older ones were metal and they were the fans were riveted. Exactly. They were rivets. And it was a really kind of like a beefy design. Right. So obviously you don't want your turbo fan flying off into, you know, Michael Schumacher's face or something like that. Right. <laughs> so you, it's got to be bolted on. Right. So it's it's. I think it's, it's got to work. It's got to work, and it's. I don't necessarily like how it looks because you have to have a. I was going to say it looks stupid. Uh, Most people. Do you remember the the Audi Quattro's yes. from back in the day? You think that looks stupid? No, I know on a race car they look awesome. Why? Just because it's a race car? Yeah, I don't just know, because, because it's so much more functional. That's what it not, comes down no, to. It's not more functional just because it's on a race car. It's not more functional. That, when you put a turbocharger engine on a race car, you put a turbocharger engine on a street car, that turbocharger isn't more functional just because it's, it doesn't work better on a race car. It, no. might, get, it might get different usage. Right. You might operate it differently. It you, you just feel like it's being used to its ultimate potential more on the track. Correct. 100%. But it does actually function on the street. It still works. It's still doing but its it job. Necessary? A center lock wheel is doing nothing because you're not pulling into your driveway in Woodbury <laughs> going, oh, shit, let's change these tires fast. <laughs> no, I'm and not. Then you're not waiting with some dude sitting there in your garage like so, his sole I, purpose. I pull in and Nikki just has the jack and a tire <laughs> waiting. That would be awesome. <laughs> My new impact drill. Just <laughs> so that's the, that's the difference, right? I know. So I know. that's the difference. Center lock wheels, have, they serve no purpose. None. I agree. In this environment, a turbo fan actually works. Potentially or arguably. No, it's not potentially. It's physics. It will be pulling air off your brakes. Yeah. There's no question about it. On daily driving, you're never going to see a benefit. But if you're getting into some right. twisties and you really want to go after it, which some people do, mm-hmm. I've I've had brake fade on the street before. 
I've had brake fade. Usually it's from when you're coming from like 110 to like 60, like twice or three times. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to feel it a little bit. <laughs> you want to hear the, the like most memorable brake fade moment I had? Sure. Well, it's two. One was in the MG midget when I was trying to chase down my buddy in his Miata because the Miata was quicker than the midget, but I was like pushing hard. And Nikki was outside taking some pictures and I came to pick her up again and I was slamming on the brakes and just kept going past her. <laughs> there was just nothing <laughs> there. There was nothing left. So Ugh. that was bad. And then also in my mom's minivan when I was 16, I I faded the brakes on the minivan. Like just for some reason, it was, it was driving that thing stupid. And I pull into the driveway. It's like not stopping. And the there's just smoke billowing from under the oh wheel wells. So I remember one t- a couple stories. There was a, there was a Euroworks drive, and we're gonna have no news this this week, which is fine. I'd rather tell these stories. Yeah. Now, on a Euroworks drive, we had a guy that um, was having so much fun. He was in a Fahrenheit GTI. Yeah. And this is when they were brand new. So right. this is like 2005. And I pulled up to a uh, stoplight and stopped. And he pulled up next to me. And he had this big grin on his face. And his brakes are just smoking. <laughs> and I just went, don't put your e-brake on. You know, it's just like, yeah. and he's like, just had these, just grinning. Turbo fines would have helped that guy out. They would have. Turbo fans would have helped him. I, I If you can prove that, then that's It doesn't okay. need to be proven. It's already been proven. That's why they were using them back I then. I want to know how marginally that impact would be. Enough that, a, enough that a lot of the cars had them. And Audi had them, and they kicked the shit out of everybody. That should be enough for you. And that's why? It had nothing to do with their turbocharged <laughs> engine or their four-wheel drive system. It was all the brake fans. <laughs> if that's the case, every factory car would have turbo fans, and yeah. they don't. Well, now I think it's. Uh, I think more. It's more about ducting and getting air to the brakes and no, stuff like that. No, you know but, what? Yeah, but you know what? Turbo so much fans are cool for lamps. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just gonna say it's the next like stance fad. I like, thought they make lamps out of them. It's the best thing you could do kind of cool i guess yeah that would be cool in the studio here it sure would like original bbs turbo fan lampshades i know somebody has like 10 of them but he would never ever no. ever sell single no one. i think it's just a fad i think the it's other- like underglow no underglow doesn't do anything i don't think these do much either uh, i think they do i'd rather you have like actual brake ducting coming into your brakes so here's I think what, here's that what would we'll do, do. More i'm gonna fans. talk to alex i've got a little gun that the infrared heat gun. Okay, I'm gonna have yeah. him do the same stop, like, yep. and we're gonna measure the heat, and okay. we'll we'll get back to everybody, see if they actually work, see if his that he made actually work. Okay, make Sound sure good? they're sufficiently cooled in yeah. between runs. So I had I was talking to when I interviewed Dick Barber, um, who was a factory race owner, right. basically not factory race owner, just a private team owner back in the '70s, raced a lot of Porsches, and I was interviewing him for the Paul Newman car, right, which is an uh, he drove the Hawaiian Tropic 935. And he, we were talking about like, because he was very low budget. He didn't have any money. Hmm. And well, the, he had some money, obviously. He didn't have any money. His his crew members were PCA volunteers. Wow. It was okay. it was pretty shoestring. Like he didn't have a lot of money, but Paul Newman um, still wanted to race with him because he was such a good team owner. Yeah. He was safe. He knew what he was doing, and he said, "I knew the tricks." Huh. And I said, well, give me an example of one of those tricks. Right. And he's like, well, at Le Mans, and he would always, he would always use my name. He's like, well, at Le Mans, Chris, <laughs> um, we, we would come down the Molson Strait, and what we knew exactly what we would do is throughout the Molson Strait, we would touch the brakes every probably 500 meters. We would just touch the brakes, just not enough to even slow the car down, but just enough to keep heat in the pads oh. and the rotor. Because he said if, you, if you're going 220 miles an hour, and you get to the end of the Molson Strait, 200 miles an cold. hour, your brakes are cold. And what you do is when you hit the brakes really hard Yo. from 200 miles an hour down to 120 or whatever, they, I have no idea what they take that. Um, that king uh, girl. Uh, was a rouge or whatever Yo. it is. Uh, the, brake ro- the brake pads would crack because of the shock of the temperature change. So they would keep the, they would. Oh, wow. And nobody else was doing that. So it was like people were having their, they they actually had teams that would come over and be like, how are you not changing your brakes? What are you doing? Is this, you're cheating. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of people wow. accusing Dick of cheating. And that was just one of the things that, you know, that he did better than everybody else is he just used his brain, <laughs> which, was, which was really cool because a lot of the other teams just had so much money. Right. But I think because they had so much money, they didn't feel like they had to scrap True. To win. And True. That's what I think is one of the really great stories about what Dick Barber always did is he was he was scrappy. You know, yeah. he really he really did what it took for his team to keep them safe and get the wins. And that was that was just one of the tricks they had. There were some other ones that I can talk about another day, but for now we are out of time. 
Um, but before we go, do we want to talk about a little bit about Further Performance? Yeah, Further Performance, another Twin Cities-based local automotive specialist. They truly love European cars. They focus on European cars. They would love to have you bring in either your project car, your daily driver, anything you need. And they really have a passion for these cars. They're actual enthusiasts. That's what really sets them apart. And, uh, you know, like I said, whether you're going in there for some maintenance or a full project build, he, I saw on his Instagram, he's building up like a cool like 356 right now, too. Sweet. Like they always have cool projects over there, a cool, uh, huge new shop as well. Awesome facility. You can find those guys at fptuned.com. That is F-P-T-U-N-E-D.com. So next week we have Susan Perkheiser going to be on the podcast. Her yeah. name is Perky. And she lives out in California. She's actually a stunt car driver. Yeah, this is um, really cool. Yeah, she, she's uh, she's a woman. She's a crazy driver. She does. She's actually doing a lot of drifting right now. Mm-hmm. And she's just a, just a killer driver. Has a great story. You may have seen her driving a mini. In what's the movie? I'm just blanking right now. Where they drive the Italian job? The Italian job. Yeah, that she's was actually her. the one driving the minis down the stairs. Oh, and, cool. and cruising around in the minis in the Italian job. So she's actually a a, a pretty popular stunt car driver as well. So we're going to talk to her. About her life and you know how she got into driving and it's such a unique you know you know i hate to say that i want to have her on here because she's a woman but i want to have her on here because it's so unique that a woman was was able to do this because it's right. not very common no. and i want to hear that story about how that happened because i feel like you have to have extra passion to be able to pursue that as, as a lady yeah and if uh, nothing else i'm sure she'll have some good stories yeah absolutely so i hope you guys look forward to that and we will see you next week bye jake take care <laughs>